0: Hello, hello, and I am back after a, (laughs) already, a slight hiatus, and I've been thinking about when I first recorded the first episode, um, like at the end of November, early December, I kind of wondered if it was the best time, and so much to my personality, I rammed ahead with the first episode because I get an idea and I run with it. But it was really during a time that is difficult for many, including myself. Um, The holidays, especially like around Christmas time, is a time that's like, I have a lot of anxiety around. And so this was a particularly difficult um, version of the holidays for me. But not in the historically like anxious kind of way where I dreaded the family drama there's been a lot of like drinking and um fighting, the narcissism, backhanded comments, and just in general like a complete unawareness for others, namely for myself and my own family, um when I do have contact with my parents. Um so this was a a holiday. It was the first holiday season where um The people who brought me into this world consciously chose not to engage with me and my family, which is probably for the better. Um, But, you know, at 40 or almost 40, it's still, it hits in a way that catches me off guard. So my pattern is I usually start to feel anxious leading up to the holidays because in the past, it's almost without question that I'll get a phone call close to the holidays that involves some drama, like maybe someone's in the hospital for an unknown illness, or that's usually a theme is the illness or some kind of accident or something like that, that draws energy and attention to to the my parents and doesn't i guess it deflects from the fact that there's there's pain there there's pain that we haven't we haven't connected as a family in so long that i think it might be easier to deflect with these these situations these emergency type crises that that come up around the holidays and then they fizzle out. It's never mentioned again and we will go months, if not longer, without hearing from one another. So that's sort of usually what I expect. Um, but I, I mentioned in the, the last episode that the last time my father spoke to us or spoke to me was uh, the beginning of September. and. It was really like a critical moment where we were face to face and I I held firm to my boundaries. I established them. I made it clear that, you know, if you are are wanting to be part of our life, you're wanting to get your, your own life together, to get sober, to mend some fences, if you will, then these are the expectations. And that includes being honest, being open, following through on what you commit to. And I haven't heard from him since. And I did, I did say, you know, if you do choose to go back to the life that you live and, you know, return and be together with my mother because they were separated and there was a lot of drama and involving police. Um, You know, that if you return to that, then I just can't have that in my life and of my children's life. And so this year, um, no phone call, no message, no nothing. And so I take that as like, okay, that is the conscious choice to let us go. And, Um, You know, I always thought that that separation would come on my terms. I've done it unsuccessfully over the years, but really to realize that um, that he made that choice, he chose not to not to call me. That's fine. It's hard to swallow, though, when I think about my children, because they're young. They're two and a half and four and a half. And, you know, he did finally meet them in the last six months. and. Now they know that they have this grandparent figure, and they ask about it, and I'm I'm mad, I'm mad at myself for allowing, allowing that opportunity to happen, um, because it's now like a new kind of pain where I have to explain it in, in a way that makes sense for young children, while trying to keep myself together during these difficult conversations so I'm going to talk about um, anger in a few minutes I just wanted to sort of catch this up to speed because it's been a bit of time I also mentioned uh, my older sister Nicole who does have plans to join in on the podcast in the future Um, But that's going to take a bit of time. So some of the work involved in these topics is reopening some wounds that still need some healing. So at this time, um, with her blessing, I'll search forward on exploring emotions and how they manifest in this journey of unpacking the childhood and ongoing trauma. So things like CPTSD, so complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which, um, you know, are is a a lot of the symptoms of PTSD with the added layers of difficulty of controlling emotions such as anger which we're going to talk about distrusting many people or the world around us um, things like that so I again I just want to preface that by saying I'm not a mental health professional this is just based on sort of a bit of research lots of experience and um, For the most part, I speak from the heart. So, yeah, I wanted to get into anger. And I think this is kind of a a difficult emotion for a lot of people to feel. It's an uncomfortable place, especially for, I would say, like women or those that identify as women. So, anger is like one of the emotions we mostly associate with masculinity. It's. It seems to be more acceptable for men to express anger. Take a quick moment to think of literally any example in movies, TV, music, literature, societal norms in general. Boys will be boys. Like, you know, for women and, and trans women or feminine people, it's considered less feminine to express our anger. And there seems to be a misconception that femininity excludes the expression of our anger. Personally, I have long struggled with acknowledging my own emotions, especially in a healthy way. And like many people, I'm sure, I try to stuff down the, so to speak, the ugly emotions because it's not typical for our societal expectations, especially with anger. Um, But let's face it, like humans, we are humans. Anger is an emotion that we all experience from time to time. And I think that um, I'm coming to it now. I'm learning more about how I can name my anger and then express it in a way that works for me and those around me. So when I think about this recent scenario of, you know, my father choosing to, I guess, write us off, um, you know, there's a lot of emotions that are there including like sadness and things like that but i think i think i'm i know that i'm really angry about that i'm i'm angry that i'm angry that i feel used and manipulated because i did open my i opened my heart and my door again despite my internal dialogue saying "red flag, red flag." There's going to be hurt here. This isn't going to be easy, but I did it. I think you know I'm human, and I still, I still long for that family unity and that family connection that um, just isn't in the cards, I guess. But anyway, I'm angry because I, I let my guard down. And then I got burned. And not only in that sense, but I'm angry because my father is somebody that most people, if you ask them, if they know him, oh, well, your dad's a good guy. You know, he's got a good heart. And I'm sure that that is the case. I'm not here to trash talk him in a way or either of my parents in a way that that is like malicious. But I think that that is a mask or it's a role that he plays because he very intentionally reached out to my sister and I this last summer in in such a way that we we were emotionally available almost around the clock for a couple of months. After not having much connection with him for so long, because we both we generally felt bad. we the The scenario that happened between he and my mother was quite an escalation to something we expected. And so we opened our our hearts, and we really did feel bad. And we were there at his beck and call when he needed emotional support regardless of what was going on in our lives, our own families, our own day-to-day struggles that, you know, we all experience. And then a lot of painful things came to the surface during that time, including some like pretty serious um, incidents when we were children. And when I called him on it in person, he just, wouldn't take any accountability for it and tried to slough it off like, oh, well, you knew, and I I had the police involved, and you guys knew about this, and no, we didn't. And so now it's come to surface that there was some pretty significant, um, like, abuse that had happened. And one of the expectations that I gave him on one of the times he came to visit was he needed to reach out to my sister and have an honest conversation with her. And he never did that. He, he just didn't. And then he showed up unannounced again to my house and put me in this position where I had to get firm and, you know, set these boundaries. And when that happened... It was not pleasant, and I don't like to be somebody that's yelling and, like, physically in pain from being angry and hurt, and there I was doing it, and I don't like the way that that made me feel, but anyway, he still, he made the choice to just, like, walk away from us, and left us hanging we provided this emotional support in a time that was i i don't know for him but like it seemed like it might have been one of the more challenging times for him you know he was living out of his truck and he was you know he was going to get divorced he was going to lose his house and and all of that and and then i got Strong and firm with my expectations for respectful dialogue with me and my family, and he walked away from that and returned to the old patterns and just left us left us with not only having feeling used but after ripping open some very painful experiences and then left us hanging. So I find that I'm angry, I'm really angry with it. And I've been struggling with how to process that and how to do it in a healthy way. So, you know, I'm raising two daughters. I have a sister, she has a daughter, so I have a niece. And um, I also have a nephew as well. But I'm just thinking about like, the feminine energy, I suppose, and, and like, expressing anger and you know as a parent it's challenging to check yourself because when I feel like I'm getting frustrated in you know something trivial in a day-to-day experience with young kids I just was finding I was rocketing up to a 10 in anger and that's just not doesn't feel good so I think I think rather than feeling ashamed, I feel like I like I'm grateful that I've been able to to pause and and name what I'm experiencing and what I'm feeling and giving myself permission to be angry. And I think, you know, a younger me or a less I don't know <laughs> someone that hasn't spent as much time in therapy or examining these topics. Um, you know, I would have turned to unhealthier coping mechanisms like like eating or binge drinking or just like avoidance. Um, but now, as annoying as it might be for for some, like I'm talking about it. I'm talking about like I'm angry. This is why I'm angry. It's okay to be angry. I think. Finding ways to sit with that and not feel ashamed. So, yeah, I I guess I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, how are other people expressing anger, or like, have you experienced the same kind of like shame or discomfort, Um, especially if you're a woman or someone that identifies as a woman, like being angry um, without I guess without regret or like apology is feeling just free to be angry. So just wondering where people are sitting out with that. Author and activist, Soraya Chimerle. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, I'm sorry. Um, she She goes into, anger with women well lots of emotions but she's written a book um about women's anger and i think she identifies anger as like it's a signal emotion so it's not it's neither good nor bad it's an emotion that is there to alert us of for harm threat um to be on guard right it's tapping into that reptilian brain looking at it now as I've kind of um, tried to articulate not so well um, is that emotion is something that's gendered right it's a it's a construct on how we identify you know anger is something that's more like masculine we associate it as acceptable for boys and men but not so for girls and women so, severing anger from femininity is not serving anybody well and i think in order to mitigate that we need to have a greater discussion about emotional competency how it's okay for all of us to express all of our emotions including anger and you know i keep coming back to my daughters and even myself as a woman, as a mother, um, I think that I don't want to be instilling into my own children to swallow their pride and silence their voice when they feel that there's been an injustice, whether it's toward them or the environment around them. I don't want them to just be like, oh, it's okay. Okay when inside they're screaming what in the actual fuck this isn't right i'm so angry right now insert whatever expletive or whatever expression you can think of and rather than having women being penalized for expressing anger we need to be able to accept it for what it is as a human emotion so you know As a woman myself, when I feel like there are many times I felt just like white hot rage inside, whether it's related to my family, whether it's like on the road, and I'm not out there like having altercations, like road rage altercations, but yeah, someone cuts me off or nearly hits me or does something unsafe or idiotic. Yeah, I feel angry about that, regardless of the situation. But instead of being able to freely express anger because it's been conditioned to stifle it down, that anger is getting tangled up with different harmful feelings like anxiety and fear. And I think we've been socialized to to suppress our anger. And um, Soraya Chamele, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong you know she goes into this in a much more articulate way about you know women's anger being linked with illnesses like long-term illnesses like chronic pain autoimmune disorders cardiovascular anxiety depression this is amplified if you are at the intersections of oppression right if you if your social location is is not you know white middle upper class in western society if you are black indigenous you're racialized you have diverse abilities you're lower income you name it whatever it is then you're you know you're even more so impacted by how anger or other emotions are impacting your health so you know, I think women's anger, feminine anger, whatever you want to call it, our anger is bringing about a great amount of discomfort. We're suffering for it, and we're not doing justice to, to anybody by continuing this binary of, of demonizing women expressing their anger but accepting male anger. So this is what I've been thinking about as I've been facing my own and I and I think about my experience witnessing my mother express anger. Now, I don't know. I don't think I don't think her I think anyone has the right to be angry when they feel it. I think what I witnessed was not was not typical though. I mean, I think that there's a lot of like undiagnosed underlying conditions or situations or um, things happening for my own mother, but I definitely witnessed anger. And so I think personally, I've internalized it as being very level, keep using my words rather than, you know, a physical expression, which is fine. But I think I've I've tampered it so much. Because I've worked to not be the example that I witnessed, but almost to a deficit where I have let it creep in. And I have, you know, I do feel confused on how to move forward with it. And, you know, I do have an autoimmune disorder. I do have chronic pain. I do struggle with anxiety and depression at different times in my life. And I'm like, oh, is this all related? I don't know. What I do know is that I am giving myself permission to feel and to be angry. I'm not some rage-filled person walking around ready to punch your lights out or anything like that. That's just not who I am. But I think I've decided to not hide behind the oh, I'm okay. It's okay. I'll get through it. When inside I'm, I'm melting from feeling angry at times, you know, I'm giving myself permission to be really honest and unapologetic about being angry. And I think that's okay. I think we, we need to do more of that. And I, and I hope as I sort of hone my skills and, you know, strengthen my toolkit as a parent, a parent of daughters that I'm, I'm passing on that in a way that they also feel free to be angry. I don't want them to swallow their pride, or lose their voice or lose their autonomy when it comes to being angry if they need to, I don't want them to lose their voice i want them to feel safe and free and confident to say that they're angry and to be unapologetic as well and to not sort of crumple to that binary of boys and men can be angry girls and women are not so anyways i hope some of that hits with some of you. I'd love to hear, you know, your experiences, you know, particularly if you're a woman or identify as a woman, if you are, you know, um, a woman that is at the intersections of oppression, if you're black, indigenous, you're a person of color, if you have diverse abilities, um, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear your anger story. So, Feel free to reach out, leave a message at parentifiedpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also going to put a link to a really um, accessible short TED talk from Soraya Chamale. Again, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Um, that talks about anger and women. So I think I will leave it at that for today and have a think about sort of the next emotion expression of emotion i want to talk about in in relation to my story and my process of healing um yeah and hope you keep listening hope to chat with you next time